Welcome to Origin Gates Daily Podcast, Wisdom's Echo. This is Liam O'Brien, and here is my thought that I'd like to share. I want to start with a quote that I once heard that I think it has a lot of depth to it. And the quote is, If the Lord is going to take you to the heights, he first must take you to the depths. Let me just read that again. If the Lord is going to take you to the heights, he first must take you to the depths. And if the Lord's going to take you to the heights of your potential, of all that he's created you to be, to be able to walk in the fullness of your destiny, there is a process to go through. And the depths in our lives are the foundational parts. And if we look at a construction of a building, and let's look at a single-story house or dwelling, and if you look at the foundations required for that and assuming it's on fairly sort of level ground, it can be done in a day. It can be done in a fairly short amount of time to be able to prepare the foundations for a single story dwelling. However, if you're going to build a hundred story skyscraper, the preparation and the depths in which they have to dig down to be able to Sure, find the sure foundations is drastically different to dwell to a single story dwelling. And the higher the building, the stronger the foundations are required, and the more time and the more the deeper and the the ugly part of that is digging through mud, you're digging through rock, you're digging down for such a period of time to be able to get to that place where it has the foundations and the support structure that can be built on to sustain the height that the building's going to be built from. And that's much the same in our lives. If the Lord is going to utilize our lives, going through that process, that preparation, that foundational work is so critical. But it's not joyful as as I mentioned, if you've seen a construction site or and you've seen them just hauling out truckloads of rubble out of mud, of dirt, of rock, of everything, whilst they're going through that, it's not a process which is beautiful to look at. But we can stand there afterwards and admire a building that is 100 stories high or has been built uh, from that. But the foundational part isn't as always the the glorious part and the lord works in our lives is always working on the foundation in our lives but we sometimes have seasons or cycles and sometimes it can be more of a foundational work and often that can be decades and other times it can be a time where he's working on building building us up or building us higher in life with the influence, with what we're responsibilities, with what he's entrusting us with. And sometimes it can be both. Sometimes it could be a season where he is working in a foundational, but he's also working on growth. And unlike a building, in our lives it can be a season once the cycle can repeat, meaning that he can then work on a new foundation or deeper foundation to enable him to build higher than where we are existing. But I want you to remember, strong foundations always proceed going higher. The Lord does not build in our lives, build us higher with greater influence, greater responsibility, entrusts us with more without first 
shoring up the foundations and or deepening the foundations in our lives. The stronger the foundation, stronger foundations always proceed going higher. And as I said, we can have seasons of both of where we're going through a cycle of a foundation or we're going through a building cycle. I had talked a little bit about this in my podcast of Doing Process Well, if you want to pick up a little bit from there that does have a sort of similar theme to it. However, today I want to give another analogy and I want to talk about horses and sheep. And throughout scripture, particularly in the New Testament, we see a lot that's talked about of sheep. And at the end of the day, we are all sheep. However, some of us may feel more like horses, and I'm talking both men and women here. And Horses are a very different animal to sheep, and the process of their development and the like is very different. And horses can not necessarily feel they fit in, and as I'm about to read here a few scriptures, and this may resonate or might feel more akin to yourself if you're listening to this, or it may not, but I just wanted to bring another perspective of discipleship. And I don't want to say horses are better when comparing horses to sheep. They're often far more stubborn, rebellious, have a longer process. The Lord works with them in particular in breaking their will, as I'll discuss later. They're often set in their ways. So let's look at what scripture says about horses. And here in Job 39, this is the Lord speaking to Job about a horse and says, Do you give the horse his might? Do you clothe his neck with a mane? Do you make him leap like locusts? His majestic snorting is frightening. He pours in the valley and rejoices in his strength. He goes out to meet the battle. He laughs at fear and is not dismayed. He does not turn back from the sword. The quiver rattles against him. The flashing spear and javelin. He races across the ground with roar and fury. He does not stand still when he hears the sound of the trumpet. As often as the trumpet sounds, he says, Aha! And he senses the battle from afar, the thunder of the captains and the war cry. So here we've had the Lord just describing horse uh, horse here. My question is, does this resonate with you? Do you feel some of the things that the Lord's described here about a horse. And for some of us, or many of us, before coming to Christ, we were really wild horses. We were doing life, we were doing things in our own strength, as we willed and please. And horses, as you can read here, as just described in Job 39, is they're very, very powerful animals. But they can also be extremely dangerous when they're not trained. And they naturally like to do what they want to do and not be told what to do. They're not an animal that naturally likes to be told what to do. And if we look at a wild horse and we look at the process that a wild horse goes through from being wild to be able to be useful to be able to be ridden or to be used for whatever purpose. And the word that's commonly used or historically been used in the horse circles has been broken. Now, I know there's some conjecture around that word, but let's just run with that for the moment. And 
really the breaking of a horse is the breaking of the will of the horse to do the will of the rider. So rather than the horse wanting to do what it wills and wants to do, being becoming submissive to do the will of the rider. And if we look at Mark 14.36 and Luke 22.42, and we see here, this is where Jesus has said, not my will, but yours be done. And that's really when a horse has been broken in, it's not the will, not their will, but the will of the rider, will of the their master in this sense. And I want to just touch a little bit on this because this is so important to the foundations of our lives, our walks with the Lord of, you know, if we're going to be reaching our potential and our destiny, having our will surrendered and and in submission to the Father. Hebrews 5.12, sorry, 5.8 says, talking about Christ, saying, though he was a son, yet he learned obedience through the things that he suffered. So here's also a verse where we're not, you know, I think it's wrong thinking that if we think we're not going to be having suffering in our lives as the purpose of learning obedience, which is a part of our wills being broken. But let's just take two moments to look at a horse uh, that's been broken. I did a little bit of research online and I was, surely this is not extensive, but just uh, some research that showed up about the steps or the process they go through breaking a wild horse so it can be ridden. And step number one they have is gain the trust of the horse. And that is where the master or the potential rider needs to gain the trust of the horse so it starts to feel safe. By nature, horses are very strong and powerful, but they're also prey animals. So they're naturally very uh, defensive and don't trust uh, very easily. So the f- step number one is creating the trust of the horse. And the Lord has many ways he does this in our life. And the, God is good at the end of the day. And he will put us in situations where we are learning that we can trust God. We are learning that God is faithful. Number two is the pressure and release. And this is where they might use, um, I don't know the proper terminology, but they might just a stick or a long sort of thing and they might touch the horse on the side and the horse will naturally start to move away from that pressure. But that is part of the horse and the master learning to got, you know, to be able to be responsive of pressure here, I'm going to, you know, move it, move away. If the master wants the horse to move to the left, to put pressure on the horse accordingly. And that's a little bit in our lives. There'll be different things where the Lord will guide us and give us pressure to be able to steer us um, in one direction or another. And thirdly, rewarding progress. So as the horse is learning and growing is a continual rewarding of as, as they're progressing, as as they're growing. And the same with the Lord in our lives. The Lord rewards us and progresses as we progress in our uh, walk with him. Number four is desensitization. And this is really having the horse to focus amid distractions. So 
when there's other noises, when it's touched maybe a bit differently. It could be an animal or another like working with cattle. A cattle rubs up against a horse. The horse isn't flighty. Other objects. So there's a process of going through the world around us where the Lord works with us to keep us focused on what he wants done admits the distractions that are going on around the world. And then fifth, the saddling Horses don't naturally like things on their back, and particularly humans or anything. So to go through that process of getting them used to, okay, this is not natural to have something on my back, but okay, I'm learning to trust in this and having, you know, they say start with a with a shirt or something they're used to, your shirt because they're used to your smell, just, just put that on their back and just leave that there for a bit. And then eventually all the way up to saddling. And then the sixth part is the riding. And this is where the horse becomes sensitive to just the slightest touch of the bridle or just a nudge from the knee of the rider. And this is where the horse and the rider or the master start working in unity or start working in sync. And if you've ever seen a horse and rider working in uh, complete sync. They could be mustering cattle. It could be something else. They just look so beautiful. Just look so harmonious. However, if you've seen a horse and rider not in sync, where the horse is wanting to go one way, the rider is wanting to go another, it is not a pretty sight to watch. So, what I want to encourage us around in this podcast is, what does discipleship look like if we're if you may be more akin to a horse or you may have some of those tendencies or natures that's described there in Job 39? And the discipleship process for a horse is not a two-week video course. It's a journey and it's often painful as we learn to submit our will to the will of our Father. As Christ did, he learnt obedience through the things that he suffered to where the point he could say father not my will be done but yours and it's about building a foundation upon Christ upon his word and realizing that everything that we could do in our own strength just like horses are strong animals they can do a lot it won't have fruit it's about realizing that Christ is our head of our lives, just as he is the head of the church. And just as a, as a horse without a rider really can't do anything productive, once the horse is, submits its will to the rider and, and trusts its master, can it be used in battle? Can it be used for... Mustering cattle can be used for agriculture. It has so much more fruit of the life of that horse can produce beyond just being a wild horse. So I just want to give sort of three quick things to encourage you with as a horse, or three steps is, one, submitting our wills. And the Bible talks about taking up our cross daily, and that's the submission, you know, the cross of our wills and the Lord's will, taking up our cross and submitting to the Lord's will daily. Number two, Learn the will of our master, both the general will, which is talked about in scripture, and the specific will for our lives. And it's in this order of learning, first being obedient to the general 
will or general obedience and then we can learn specific will and specific obedience and i plan to do a future podcast on just the will of the lord and learning the will of the lord and the way scripture talks about discovering that and learning and number three is i find just continually asking the lord father what is it you're wanting me to learn what are you trying to teach me in this part of my life in this process that i'm going through And I just want to now circle back to the quote that I started with is, if the Lord is going to take you to the heights, he must take you to the depths. And one of the parts of those depths is the submission of our wills to his will. Be blessed in your journey with him. Shalom.